welcome to another episode of Over Drinkers, the Story Screen Presents podcast where I, Mike Burge, it me, I'm the only one who hosts this podcast, sits down with a friend or friends to talk about a movie or movies over some drinks. And today I am joined by the one, the only. Yarko Dobriansky. There he is, Yarko Dobriansky. <laughs> like I forgot your name. <laughs> it was like a nice little pause. Uh, <laughs> And um, we are going to be uh, talking about, um, you know, this is this is going to be our Christmas episode. If you're listening to this, it's came out on Christmas 2023. Uh, I asked Yerko if he wanted to do a Christmas episode again. We've done uh, a cut. We did Christmas vacation yeah. once. Um, you know, we, we've, we, we've done a couple over drinkers uh, for the holidays. And so uh you brought up a very interesting pick as a Christmas classic for you. Um, 2005's The Matador. Yes. It's starring it's... Pierce Brosnan <laughs> and Greg Kinnear and Hope Davis and uh, Adam Scott for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, this is a movie that came out in 2005. Uh, as I said, um, it is directed by Richard Shepard, a man I am not too familiar with. And, I don't think a lot uh, of people are. Nope. Uh, you know, just, uh, you know, not a, not, a, not a whole lot going on there. Yeah. Um, a lot of TV, Welcome Chippendales, Handmaid's Tale, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Twilight, the new Twilight Zone. But uh, yeah, why don't, why don't you uh, talk to me about um, the, uh, wh- why your what? decision? <laughs> I um I added the Matador to my Christmas watching list um uh, a few years back, I think probably right before COVID, and um, it's not a traditional Christmas movie. It's I wouldn't even say that it was marketed as a Christmas movie because it wasn't, but there mm-hmm. is a Christmas scene. There is a Christmas scene. There are decorations up. A <laughs> decor- a <laughs> moment. Up takes place in and around the vicinity of Christmas. Right. Yes. So I'm, I'm pulling a Die Hard here. And I'm... Oh, it's fine. I mean, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Uh, well, there and, we go. <laughs> I mean, here we go. Um, you know, I was really happy that you, uh, that you, that you picked this movie. Um, I believe that I have seen this movie before watching it for this episode. I know that I have because there are moments in it that I could remember watching that was more than just the trailer. I was like, maybe I just remember the trailer. I watched the trailer and I was like, no, there's stuff in that movie that I remembered. Um, so I've definitely seen the movie, but I couldn't remember how it ended. So I oh. can't, I, I, like, I couldn't, I, I couldn't figure out where things were going because, you know, uh, you know, hot take. Uh, I think this movie is very good. Uh, I think it's, Actually, like, it's very surprising how good it is. Uh, it kind of takes twists and turns that you don't really expect. Um, it's extremely not, well made. It's extremely well made. It looks very cool. Pierce Brosnan is, like, acting his ass off in it, which is not something we really get to see Pierce Brosnan do all that much he, of. He definitely steps out of the box for this one. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a really fun performance. Uh, it's a fun movie. Uh it's 2005, so of course there's like a, a killer's needle drop, um, and yeah, I, I mean the as far as like the whole Christmas of it all, <laughs> um, in the same way that Die Hard is a Christmas movie because it's not just something that takes place on Christmas and there's like decorations and stuff around and it's kind of essential to the plot because they're going to a Christmas 
party. That's why everybody's there and no one else is in the building. Right. The main thing is that it's about family. It's about connection. Uh, it's about a dad coming home for the holidays and just something kind of gets in his way. This movie is like about these two men um, kind of finding a friendship in one another, creating a family, uh, a family also moving on like uh, Greg Kinnear and Hope Davis's character. It's early on. It's revealed that they recently suffered a monumental uh, traumatic tragedy. Yeah. Um, that is handled with such like levity, uh, like partially it kind of, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's kind of just like, you know, tried to be shrugged off because like, they don't want to think about it, but also they make some kind of light jokes about it. But once the movie goes too far into a certain area, like they kind of take a step back and they go, no, but this is serious. Like that's right. These are people. And you know, that's like kind of getting ahead of ourselves but on that, it. But that's like, also a I reason that why this could yeah. be a, a Christmas movie because that's what I mean. Yeah. The day after is the day after Christmas is when their son passed away. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, I, I, that's one of the big, the, I think the best part of the movie is, you know, again, we're kind of jumping all around, but I think what the best part of the movie is, um, when, when he comes back on Chris, what, like Christmas Eve or whatever, right. or like the night of Christmas, like when he shows up in the middle of the night and they just stay up till like three o'clock in the morning, drinking and talking and hanging out. I'm like, when that's happening in the movie, I'm like, is this just going to be the rest of the movie? <laughs> Like, which I would have been happy and, with. I, I was like, is somebody going to try and kill him while he's there? <laughs> or is he going to try and do another gig or another job? Which is that that's what ends up happening. But I was like, honestly, there's like 15 minutes left of this movie. Like, I could just do this for another 15 minutes. And <laughs> then he just like leaves and maybe he gets killed. Maybe he doesn't. But they never see him again. Whatever. Either well, the, way like the that, first but... time I saw it, I actually was wondering during that scene what Julian's play was, uh, Julian being Pierce Brosnan's character. And I thought that he was going to screw up again with Greg Kinnear's character and possibly sleep with his wife or something. But because there uh-huh. was, there was a little, you know, admiration from her towards him. Oh yeah. And they were drinking and yeah. you're like, Oh, is something going to happen? But the movie's got like a, a pretty good heart. Um, it does. It like it, it kind of cares about these people and like um, it's it's funny, you know, it's it's so weird to think back on like, you know, this movie's was came out almost 20 years ago and it's like Pierce Brosnan 20 years ago. And he's like, ah, I'm it's getting crazy. too old for this. And it's like, what? <laughs> I mean, it is funny too. like this is kind of like his, you know, this is his um, escape from bond yes um i believe die another day was 2002 yeah and so this is like you know one of his first big movies like after kind of just being let go from bond too it's not so much like that he was fired uh he has said before that he wanted to do at least one more to try and go off on a high note but they were like nah man the ship sailed and we're we're going in a new direction this is him letting go of bond or is is this him trying to prove that he can be a little darker, which is the, remember the rumors were like Tarantino wanted to do bond with Pierce Brosnan, like an mm-hmm. R rated or something. And I feel like Pierce Brosnan was trying to find something to show that he's more than just, you know, the Roger Moore suave bond. Absolutely. No, no. And that's, that's kind of what I meant to like by like letting go of bond, like trying to move beyond bond and trying to make it so that bond is not the only thing that's going to, 
um, define his career, you right. know, for for many years to come. Because, like, in the grand scheme of things, he had a very short run as Bond. He was only Bond for about eight years or so. Yeah. As opposed to, like, you know... I mean, Connery was only Bond for about eight years as well, but, like, he kind of left, then came back, and also they were knocking those things out one a year. Right. Um, you know, he only had eight years, four movies... Uh, so I think that maybe he was feeling like, well, even though I'm too old to play Bond, like I've still got like a career ahead of me. What is that career going to look like? And I feel like hit what he's pulling off in this, in the Matador, which he did not get an Oscar nomination for, but he did get a Golden Globe nomination. That surprised so. the hell out of me that he didn't get a mm-hmm. nom. It's wild. Yeah. I, I mean, Oscars, this is not really their cup of tea. Um, I mean, it's not technically a, a full blown comedy, but it's it's still in the wheelhouse of he he changed his whole persona. It was incredible. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like if you know, talking like awards buzz, like kind of road stuff. It's like if he had really gotten behind that, and probably if the movie was more successful or deemed yeah. more like kind of like a hit in some way or like a special thing. Like if it was received, it looks like it was like critically received fairly well. Um, but like, if, I just don't if think they have a movie like this it, to promote it. Yeah. If, yeah. If you have a movie like this, that's like, it's got to have a lot of energy behind it for that type of performance to break through at the Academy. This is golden globes, bread and butter. Yeah. They love shit like this. They can't get, <laughs> they can't get enough of it. Um, you know, they nominated, uh, you know, The Martian. The Martian won Best Comedy of the Year. <laughs> the Martian, a hilarious movie. Hilarious. The Matador. Um, What's funny so, yeah. is that, that Pierce yeah, Brosnan talk- has the comedic, more comedic role mm-hmm. versus Greg Kinnear, which is was born and bred out of comedy, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Kinnear does so well as the straight man, mm-hmm. but towards the end of the film, they flip. And Kinnear... All of a sudden, does the you know he mimics uh, Brosnan's character, does the voice and all that because he's stressed out because mm-hmm. he, he went to help him do this one last hit. Um, but he does a fantastic job, even to the point of uh, copying his mustache. Right? I mean, what a great mm-hmm. character arc to see where he begins. I do love it like, when they cut to him like six months later and he's got a mustache now, and it's just like, <laughs> oh, that's pretty nice. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, for those that don't know, like the matter, like we've been talking about it for a little bit here, but like the matador is about a like traveling salesman uh, who, again, has like recently gone through a tragedy where he lost his son, um, uh, goes on a business trip and at the hotel bumps into uh, a hitman played by Pierce Brosnan, who is uh, kind of spiraling out of control, and they make a connection. And uh, eventually, six months later, he shows up at his door. Um, Pierce Brosnan's assassin is uh, kind of like a, he's slipping out of it. He doesn't he, he doesn't have his groove anymore. And his other fellow assassin friends are kind of like, I think you're gonna have to get out of here. He messes up on a big job and for a second time. Uh, a second time, yeah, and uh, needs Greg Kinnear's help to be able to get out. That's it's a very, yeah. very kind of straightforward I, plot. I would, I would correct you in one thing. I don't know Please. if they really bump into each other. I mean, that introduction from one character to the other is epic. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they meet at the bar, and is such a great contrast of characters. 
because you have Greg Kinnear sort of thinking that he's celebrating a possible win for this big contract that he may have gotten, right? Mm-hmm. And you have Pierce Brosnan coming in, being reminded that it was his birthday, he's getting hammered, um, never actually connecting with another human being because he's an assassin, right? And he's mm-hmm. trying to have a normal conversation, which he's never had before, yeah. <laughs> with Greg Kinnear, and ends up making Greg Kinnear open up to him to the point where Greg Kinnear shares the story of losing his son, and then Pierce Brosnan has that incredible yeah. joke. Yeah, he makes like a joke about like a guy with a big dick or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but the delivery uh, that he does, it's just so good. The delivery is good, and it is like, it is one of those things where it's like, oh, it's Pierce Brosnan, a guy who's usually very stoic, charming, um, you know, handsome, like, he's always doing that stuff, even outside of Bond, like, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire, Dante's Peak, he's he's like this kind of, like, you know, goody two-shoes all the time and it works because like he's got that great look and he's able to pull it off right. and his Bond movies that era of Bond the 90s Bond kind of needed that so it is very fun to see him like get outside of that and like kind of clown it up a bit but it's really funny and really impressive because of how good he is at it like he's so kind good. of weaponizing that charm yeah. and that sexiness into like this kind of sleazeball <laughs> thing and like when he's and he plays drunk so good, he's oh so God. funny as Julian when he's drunk. Like when he first meets Greg Kinnear, and he's he's just like, because Greg Kinnear's talking to him, and so immediately he thinks like he's a spy or something. And he's just like, he's like, I'll fucking uh, kill you. Yeah, kill you. yeah. Did I make you? Did I make you? Yeah. Oh my God! And then the the scene uh, where he's trying to come tell him fine you know uh, Greg Kinnear keeps asking what he does and he, he sidesteps the whole question but finally when they go to the uh to the arena to watch a uh, a bowl match right yes let's see the matador the namesake of the film matador um Greg Kinnear pushes him to the point where Pierce Brosnan tells him what his profession is which is an assassin and then uh he doesn't believe him mm-hmm. so what is what does Julian do he he says all right Pick anybody, anybody here, and I'll tell you exactly what I do. And it's a great fucking scene. And mm-hmm. it's even more great after learning that they shot that scene with the bull match being B-roll. Mm-hmm. And then the audience and everything else was done on a separate day without anything in the arena with a whole bunch of extras. I mean, it's it's incredible how they cut from one scene to the other. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but- it's that. That's the other thing I was kind of looking at, like how this thing was made a little bit too, and it's like it was all shot, like in and around Mexico City. Yeah. Uh, only forty days, which is that's nuts. nuts. Um, there was something else here that I had written down. Uh, oh, it, the uh, did you, did you watch the um the, the the credits at the end? No, was there an after credit? There isn't an after credits, but it is. There's a message from um the director and it says for my dad who loved movies. Oh, I'm just like, Oh, Oh, that's great. It is pretty nice. I, if you watch I, the director, uh, was uh, shepherd, right? Richard Shepard. R- Richard Shep. Um, he, if you watch interviews from that time where he was promoting the matador, he's, it's so great to watch him because he's so fresh. He's so honest in his interviews. Mm-hmm. 
that you watch, you know, him sitting next to Pierce Brosnan and Greg Kinnear that are more formed, right, in interviews, but he'll just jump in wherever because he's just so pure. And, uh, and it's probably very excited to be super there. excited. Um, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, you know, no offense to the guy. He's, he's taking advantage of a situation that it doesn't look like he really got into uh, that much more uh, for the rest of his life. Right. Um, I'm sure he's just doing fine, successful and is a happy guy. Um, it is funny. Like, uh, yeah, because he wrote he also wrote it. He wrote did write movie. it. And, he and wrote none it. of it was ad libbed except for, uh, I believe, uh, Julian's last line, which is mm-hmm. what Pierce Brosnan said, mm-hmm. which was. I don't remember. <laughs> don't remember. Well, you brought it up, though. I know That's I did. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and it, I guess like it looks like uh, he was planning on like making it for a very low-budget indie kind of thing. Never thought that it would be something that like Hollywood would grab onto right. and stuff. And eventually the script... It looks like the script maybe found its way to Pierce Brosnan and he connected with it and kind of got it going. Yeah. That seems to be possibly how this happened, which, I mean, makes sense that there would be something like that because uh, it, it's it's a weird well, movie. Uh, I think, I think at the time... Like that wouldn't, yeah. I think at the time Pierce Brosnan started a production company in Ireland mm-hmm. and I think he was looking for interesting scripts to kind of develop under that production company because he, he's really into promoting Ireland. And I think that was maybe one of the movies that was under that production company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it does see, yeah, it does seem like Brosnan like really cared, not just about like his performance in it. Yeah. Uh, but like really cared about the movie. Like I, I'm looking at like, I'm looking through like a bunch of like the trivia sheets right now and uh-huh. it's like, constantly like paragraph after paragraph after paragraph of Pierce Brosnan being like, Oh, I had to find the voice and it had to be the right walk yeah. and like all these different things. And I mean, like, yeah, I even to the this, walk, a little bit of that. Yeah. He changed his whole walk to the whole movie. I mean, it's, he's, unless you, I mean, it's really hard to take somebody like Pierce Brosnan, right. Mm-hmm. And look at the screen and say, that's not Pierce Brosnan. Or even remember that's Pierce Brosnan. You know what I mean? Right. He inhabited mm-hmm. the role of Julian so well that obviously you, you know it's Pierce Brosnan, but he, he did. I mean, yeah, but that mustache is doing some work. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. He almost and didn't that... have that mustache because Greg Kinnear thought that his character should have a mustache. And they met <laughs> up pre, pre-production wise. And Pierce Brosnan was, what did he say? He said something like, Char- character assassination. You're like, he's trying to take his mustache. And, his mustache. And so it worked out that they were like, actually in the script at the end of the movie, it would be great if Greg Kinnear's character brought the mustache back as if he's, you know, um, idolizing Julian. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I got from it. Like, yeah. as soon as you see him with that mustache, oh, I was totally. like, oh, he's kind of like pretending to kind of be like that guy. Like he, he admired him in his right. own way and even though he thinks like he'll never see him again you're like uh eh. yeah um which also brings me to the uh the Philip Baker Hall and Dylan Baker of it all mm-hmm. uh which I saw their names I was happy that Philip Baker Hall was in it as much as he was I was upset that Dylan Baker was only in one scene um are you familiar with Dylan Baker I'm not familiar with Dylan Baker you know who Philip Baker Hall is, yes, obviously. Yes, yes, um, I mean... Dylan, I, Dylan Baker is the guy that shows up at the church oh, and wait, is like, right. we gotta take him out. Yeah, and that's he's right. like, He's like, uh, he's fucking fantastic. He's like yes. a really good character it's a actor. one tiny scene. 
Yeah, he's uh, actually like he's in a couple seasons of uh the show the americans and he's fantastic in that goddamn show he's in one of my favorite halloween movies trick-or-treat dylan baker wait know, wasn't happiness. he was he the one in spider-man did he play the lizard he was in spider-man two and three he right. played uh he was eventually going to be the lizard the lizard right, right right yeah he played uh yeah. kirk connors yes kirk connors professor uh philip baker hall i've loved since uh-huh. seinfeld i mean he played the librarian uh detective in seinfeld oh, yeah. What a brilliant actor. His his voice is so iconic. Mm-hmm. I mean, my my whole thing with Philip Baker Hall is like the bing bang boom of like um, in in like the late 90s when he was in uh, Hard Eight, which is Paul Thomas Anderson's yeah. uh, first movie, Boogie Nights and Magnolia. And you're just kind of like, well, OK, like these are all the <laughs> movies that I like. Uh, that are made by Paul Thomas Anderson, and he <laughs> seems to like Philip Baker Hall, so let's do that. I mean, what's there not to like about Philip Baker Hall? I mean, he's just like seems like a really nice dad. He's a great character actor. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think about. Um, I feel like I saw something with him in it recently, but I can't remember what it was. Not not something that's like brand new. Uh-huh. Obviously, he, he passed away unfortunately yeah. last year. Um, but I feel like there was something, I was watching like an older movie or something like that. And he like popped up. Oh, I was watching. That's what it is. It's, it's a fairly recent one. Uh, Argo. I was watching Argo. Oh shit, that's right. Yeah. And he is like a CIA director, uh, in that. And it was just like, oh shit, I completely forgot. Yeah. <laughs> that was the last movie where I actually thought, thought, uh, Ben Affleck was going to be great. I mean... Did you watch Air this year? No. Pretty great movie. Yeah, yeah he's okay. a very good director. Uh-huh. He no, he's a job. fantastic director. He's a fantastic director. And I thought he was going to move, like, transition into that role more. Mm-hmm. And then he took Batman. And then just. No, then he took Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shot himself in yeah, the face. Yeah, it's a. It's kind of it's kind of funny that Ben Affleck, uh, like, because I just watched uh, Maestro, too, the Bradley Cooper movie. Oh, Coop, wow. I haven't Bradley seen it yet. Great. Great stuff. Wait, is he in it? Bradley, no, no, not Ben Affleck. Bradley okay. Cooper, but yeah. how Bradley Cooper kind of was this guy for so long, and then like he's like, I want to start directing, and he made a Star right. Is Born, and it was good, and yeah. he was kind of putting himself in his movies. Ben Affleck kind of had a similar thing where he's like, I want to direct, sure. but I'm either going to put my brother in it or I'm going to be in it, right? You know, so we can get that star power. And it is interesting that it's just like you, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's the Batman of it all. Like he <laughs> was breaking out, like with. Gone baby gone. Right. The town. He got legitimized. Oh my god. Somewhat yes. with uh Argo, uh, even though he wasn't nominated, but it ended up winning Best Picture. Yeah. Um and then yeah, but then Batman happened. And then that just kind of like him. sucked him away. But you know, don't we don't have to worry about Batman anymore. Right. Nope. Yeah. No more of that. Thank it's god. over. <laughs> Aquaman two came and went and went, now and that's the end. And that's it, everybody. That's it. <laughs> it's over. Uh, everybody like uh, on like film Twitter and stuff like that, just like so sad that like, oh, uh, uh, it, it truly was a great time. And looking oh, back God. on the Snyder, on the Snyder stop. DCEU, you're like, guys, stop. Let it guys, die. Remember when Kevin Costner got eaten by a hurricane, like a tornado? <laughs> remember that? What are we talking about? Um, oh. uh, just, anyway, just the Matador. A, just, wait, well, just to pause. Um, 
uh, in honor of the Matador, I'm having a, a Corona with a shot of Hornitos tequila. Oh, beautiful. I'm That's having a whiskey, which is what they drink on Christmas. That's yeah, right. I completely forgot to even talk about that right up front. Yeah. It's a very nice More whiskey. whiskey. Uh, I cannot remember it off the top of my head. A buddy of mine <laughs> got me a bottle of it um, uh, for Christmas. An unmarked uh, bottle. No, it was more. It was, I don't know if I would. I, mean, <laughs> I, I probably would. I would. I, what am I saying? Um, but it's very good. It's very strong. Very it's, strong. A, it's a much slow sipper than I'm used to. So nice. I'm just uh, Those are the best. taking my time with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, going back to the Matador for a moment. Um, yeah, the cast is good. Hope Davis is great. And Hope I Davis think is awesome. So goddamn good. What an in, angel. Yeah. I, she was recently in, um, did you see Asteroid City? Yes. Yeah, she's in that. And I'm yeah. just like, ah, Hope Davis, having fun. Good. Good for you. I mean, she's one of those actresses that you pop her in anything and is she brings it's a joy to watch her on screen. Mm-hmm. You know, she just brings a smile to your face. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about her. Um, I mean, she's she looks like a very very nice person. She does look like so a that very helps. nice person. Like she yeah. looks like she's extremely nice. <laughs> um, she's been in like a lot of really good movies as like sweetie pies who right. are kind of in love with uh dipshits like right uh american splendor like uh uh i isn't she the love interest in um uh Synodoke, new york oh or one of them i can't remember she is in that movie i got that correct i mean also too she is tony stark's mom yeah i know i mean isn't that that's something that's, that's like for me you need that to you need that to hit. Yeah. Um. She was also recently in uh the Perry Mason show, um that I absolutely love with Matthew Reese. Oh yeah, was that uh, good? Oh, it was so fucking good. I can't believe they canceled that show. Wow. Man. It was like, it it was it was one of the best shows on TV for I mean, like I love that the quick little moment that it was out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Hope Davis. That's pretty much everybody of note that's really in it. Yeah. Again, Adam Scott. Adam Scott, that inexplicably one, just yeah. in and out for like a scene. But he plays it. Baker. He plays it so well. I mean, he's he's the business partner of Greg Kinnear's character, and he yeah he does exactly what he needs to do. And he's the guy too, where he's just like kind of bullshitting him. He's like, "We're still in this, buddy. We got it." And right. Pierce Brosnan just like walks up behind him. He's like, "So didn't get it, huh? That sucks." <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, again, like the Matador. What else, do you have anything else that you really specifically wanted to touch on with the Matador? Because, again, like what makes it so good? And I actually just had this issue too with an episode that I recorded uh, earlier too uh, with um, Godzilla minus one. Is like it's they're both very good movies, um, and one of the things that is so special about them, and I think helps make them good, is the simplicity. Yeah. Like how they're just very straightforward. Like, obviously, I won't get into Godzilla minus one because you haven't seen it and people listening might not have seen it. Right. But with the Matador, like we talked about the plot and it's like it's very straightforward. And the thing that makes it special is how that kind of feels like a generic uh, kind of setup and a generic script. And, you know, they're going to shoot this bad boy, slap it together and just get it the fuck out there. And people will laugh for a couple months and then they'll make money on DVDs. And that'll be that. But again, the thing that's special about it is like the heart, 
the patience they take with it, yeah. the twists and turns where like, I had no idea like what the entire like setup of the ending of this movie was going to be. If it was right. just going to be about three adults uh, who are all like a little sad and dealing with stuff around the holidays, just like getting drunk around a table and connecting with one another. Yeah. Or, you know, do they got to go kill somebody? And <laughs> it's a little bit of both. It is a little bit of both. Um, they, they do really build up towards the end of something dark, right? They, uh, the uh, Julian Pierce Bronson's character mentions that Greg Kinnear's character owes him one, right? And you and you mm-hmm. you feel like, well, what the hell did he do? What did well, what did he, did he do? Yeah, what did he do? Because there's he... that great before we jump ahead six months, right? There's that great moment with like Julian banging on the door. Yes. Um, and he's like, I overstepped the line. <laughs> Danny said that the little seat. that little wine, that little <laughs> wine that he has. Danny, 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 with the Danny. Big fat <laughs> oh my god! Uh, um, and also, uh, uh, before I forget, too, Hope Davis's character's nickname Bean. Yes. Uh, so I'll tell you who didn't like that. Who? Diana Demuro, my partner. I why? Don't know why? Why? I don't know. And maybe I'm looking into it too much. And she's gonna listen to this and be like, "Thanks for throwing me under the bus. I'm not liking Bean." <laughs> like the nickname Bean. She was like. Her name's Bean? And I was like, I think it's a nickname. It is she's a nickname. Like, Still, Bean? What kind of nickname is that? And I'm like... Her character's name listen, is Carolyn. Carolyn, yeah. And I'm like, listen, I don't want to look into it too much. I don't want to think about why he calls her Bean. I, I just think it's a very cute thing for him to call his wife to right. other people. Yeah. And then when he sees her, he goes, hello, Bean. Yeah. I'm, and you must be... And Julian shows up and he's like, you must be Bean. <laughs> well, I, you know, I the like great it. part about... Um, Danny and and Bean is that they're so like, they're, they're like what, the stereotypical, uh, just very uh, honest and uh, I don't want to say gullible but very like, true to their heart. You know they don't have a a dark stone in their soul. They're they're very, uh, very much like, down to earth people, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and I did see in an interview that Greg Kinnear wanted to go. A little darker here and there, but the director was like, "Are you are you upset today? Are you angry? Because you're going a little, you're going a little mm-hmm. off." <laughs> yeah, I, that does seem to me like something that again, like one of the most interesting things, like that we're talking about with the movie is like Pierce Brosnan's kind of like real gung ho um, approach to all of this, like not just in the performance, but also just like again from what I was reading, it seems like he was not only very committed to his performance being something of a little bit of a shakeup for himself yeah. personally and professionally, Absolutely. but also like he kind of cared about the movie and he, he helped to get it made. Right. Um, and so it is interesting where it's like, cause I think that the movie does have like some pretty dark moments, but again, there is that there's like that levity that we were talking about, which comes from like the heart of the movie that the movie genuinely cares about these three fictional characters that they just made up. Right. Um, and treats them like real people and gives them depth without having to get too serious. Like it's it's yeah. the it's the the sincerity and the sensitivity of the whole thing is like you you actually and that's why you cast somebody like Hope Davis, who is somebody that you will immediately feel bad for if they look sad. 
Yeah. Just like, don't be sad. No. <laughs> and Greg Kinnear too, like kind of has that same thing. He's, he weaponized that all throughout the nineties with, you know, like, uh, like in, um, as good as, as it good gets as and stuff gets, like yeah. that. Yeah. You're like, you know, like this guy's kind of an asshole. He's a little uptight and a little like, um, you know, it, it, like artsy fartsy kind of stuff. And then, but, but, but when he gets hurt, you're like, Oh man, I don't like that. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it's also uh, like, because it is kind of like a hate crime too at the same time, but <laughs> it's just like that, that, that general, just like kind of Greg Kinnear, aw shuckishness. Right. Um, but it, like to, to the max level of his aw shuckishness, I think this movie absolutely. is definitely his purest, right? I think so. Like yeah. as far as like, you know, uh, what was it? Talk soup? Yeah. It was Greg Kinnear. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, you think about that and that's where he came from. And then he slowly kind of started becoming... Uh, a respected actor like getting nominated and right. stuff because he's working across from like Robert De Niro and Jack Nicholson now Pierce Brosnan um, you know and now Greg Kinnear is kind of just like you know most people don't even remember Talk Soup now it's just Greg right. Kinnear actor the guy who was in that movie about the dude that invented windshield wipers do you fucking remember that? <laughs> yes. Do you remember that movie? Yes. What was it called? I don't remember what it was called. It's called like it's called like A Spark of Genius or something what's it fucking oh, called God. wait what's it called hold on it's like a moment of genius spark of genius it is something uh, something like that i am looking it up here it comes <laughs> i can feel it oh um, it was also in a uh, flash of genius Bear. flash of genius a flash of genius yes yes, yes. yes. uh yeah and he was also in brigsby bear did you ever see brigsby bear no good fucking movie yeah yeah, very good. Uh, great I, Mark Hamill performance in that. I feel like he, um, uh, Greg Kinnear, rarely does movies anymore. I don't, and I don't know why. I don't know. I He's a hell of an actor. Like he's a hell of an actor. I think that he, like, he was in that uh, reboot of, uh, or like, I guess the American um, version of the show Rake, where he's like a dipshit lawyer oh yeah that i think lasted a bit i feel like it lasted long it's one of those shows where you're just like oh that was on for like three episodes right and they're right. like no that ran for like five seasons and ate up like six years of his life because <laughs> uh, he had a, he had a hell of uh, a never run. mind 13 episodes <laughs> never mind <laughs> it did not do oh no he had a hell of a run but yeah. i think it really is like once you kind of hit uh like 2010 and on he's just he's kind of down. like Every now and then, a lot of TV, yeah. Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt, looks like he's in some of that. Um, yeah, you're right. Like, it, it, he is one that, like, you wouldn't think, like, oh, you just, like, dropped off. Right. But he did. Uh, looks like he was in that show, You, for a little while. Huh. Uh, and he's got five uh, things coming up. You know, just looking at IMDb, everybody, you know. <laughs> oh, look, he was in um, that miniseries Blackbird. Oh, Blackbird. Uh, with Taron Edgerton and Paul Walter Hauser. Uh, looks like he's the third build in that. Wait, he's also in that Shining Veil show. Did that get canceled? Or... Probably. Some, well, it was last year. I, I think it's still on, but it's... Okay. Uh, but it's with Courtney Cox, and it's we'll some, see. some sort of like ghost thing. Ooh, there's a character in it called Gaynor Phelps. Gaynor Phelps. Gaynor Phelps. A family moves to a small town into a house in which terrible atrocities have taken place. Oh, I think but Gator's nobody seems to notice except for Pat, who's convinced she's either depressed or possessed. 
Turns out, the symptoms are exactly the same. Shining Veil. Tuesdays on Stars. Um. Woof, this fucking show. <laughs> oh my god. I'm like looking at like uh, uh, just uh, screen grabs from it and I can't tell when it takes place. <laughs> I think it's modern day. Is it? Yeah. Well, I'm looking at some stuff. Maybe there's like flashbacks and stuff because I'm looking at well, some that, stuff and they, I would go, oh boy. There are ghosts and stuff, so I think he... Uh... There's ghosts and stuff, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, the, Greg Kinnear, dearly missed. Dearly missed, but he's still alive with us. <laughs> still Thankfully. working. Thankfully. Thankfully. Thank God. Uh, the Matador is, I guess you could call it a small movie, right? Uh, small budget. The act, yep. main actress took a huge cut to be in mm-hmm. it, right? To help promote mm-hmm. it. Um, but it's so well made. I mean, the 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 flow of it is great. The editing is great. Um, even the marketing of it, I thought, was awesome, but could have used probably millions of more dollars to just push it to the limelight. That's probably the biggest thing. Like, I remember this movie coming out. I did too. Um, but... I was telling people, like, you know, sometimes I'll just talk about, like, you know, like, oh, what have you watched? What are you watching? What are you planning on watching? And I'm like, the other day I was telling people, like, oh, I got to watch The Matador this week uh, for an episode. And they're like, what's that? And I'm like, oh, it's the Pierce Brosnan Hitman movie where, like, he befriends, like, Greg Kinnear on, like, a business trip and, like, that kind of thing. It's something like that. You know, I was just, like, trying to remember, like, what I could remember from the marketing. And uh, most people that I said that to, like, they were like, never even fucking heard of that. Wow. Yeah. Damn. I was, like, looking it up, and I was like, I wonder where it is. And I'm like, ooh, it's, like, for free on Stars yeah. of all places. So I'm like, <laughs> great, perfect. But, um, I, you know, even, the, like, the poster of it, I, I remember to this day with the green green and yellow stripes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a great film. And, uh... The Christmassy part of it, as we said, were, you know, the the sun dying the day of or day after Christmas, mm-hmm. and um, and I think also, the, the miracle of, you know, this assassin. Actually, finding somebody that he considers family because he doesn't yes. know what that word is, right? Mm-hmm. And and finds a way to leave that world through his mm-hmm. friend which is yeah get out get out clean and yeah. then you know just like leaves them the little grease little tickets to Greece right yes yes mm-hmm. a little island in Greece with little uh, for as a Christmas present yeah because it's a Christmas movie Christmas movie there you go mm-hmm. <laughs> the little Greek women um, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy that, that this was one that you picked, you know, like we've, we've got our classics Christmas movies that either we've already covered in the past or like, you know, you kind of just like talk about them at nauseam every yeah. year, watch them every year, you know, like some of them you can just keep talking about. Like me and Diana did an episode on Muppet Christmas Carol. What a great movie. I could just talk about that goddamn thing for like hours and hours. That's, that's, that's my actually, favorite version of the Christmas Carol. Yeah, we we usually watch that every year because it's just like it's great. Yeah, um, and it just gets us in a Muppet mood. So then we end up watching a couple more Muppet <laughs> movies, which is never a bad thing. Uh, I think this year we're gonna watch the Mickey's Christmas Carol on Christmas itself because yes. it's just a clean twenty five minutes, and that's, that's also great. a fun one. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, it's fun to like get something in there that's just like a little bit different. Uh, 
you know, I haven't really heard a whole lot of people talk about this movie. So it was kind of fun to go in and just be like, I don't know what to expect. Uh, I know that Yarko wants to talk about it because it's a Christmas classic of his. <laughs> so I wouldn't say classic, but oh, okay. it's, it's like a, it's new, a new edition. Like, it's a new edition that you like. Yeah. And it's like, um, I was like, that doesn't mean that he likes it. Like, he just might be like, it's it's a fun movie to watch around Christmas. So I'm yeah. watching it and I'm like, oh, no, this is good. OK, I see exactly what's going on. <laughs> it's it's one of those like, you know, I every year I you, you have your like you said, you have your Christmas classics, right? You got your Christmas vacation. You got your Christmas story, any type of Christmas carol. Um, and then, like, I think individual people kind of add on to theirs, like uh, the Ghost of Girlfriend's Past. My wife really likes that one with Matthew mm-hmm. McConaughey. It's not a bad story. It's pretty good. Jennifer Garner. Um, mm-hmm. And then I have mine, like the the Matador, or even like uh, Out of Sight with uh, George Clooney and. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anything with like snow or winter to me can be added. To, I uh, mean, I we, we just did a, 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 a holiday trivia uh, last night. Um, and one of the categories I did was like movies, I, non-Christmas movies that I watch every Christmas, that I try to watch every Christmas. And yeah. it's like Lord of the Rings, uh, The Fellowship of the Ring, The Thing, uh-huh. uh, Titanic. Wow. Uh, Ser- Titanic. Serenity. You know, it's like I don't watch them every December, but okay. I'm just like, those are Christmas movies, holiday movies to me. Because they came out just that because, time or? Oh, they came out at that time. They feel like that time. Uh-huh. Like there's like a magicness to Lord of the Rings and uh, Serenity did not come out at that time, but it's like about like family and stuff. And it's just like a fun little like ed- sci-fi adventure to like toss on the TV. It's the type of movie had it been out like when I was a kid growing up in like the late eighties, early nineties, like that my parents would just have on the tube. Right. Uh, in the background, like, uh, like around Christmas, like cooking dinner and stuff like that. Right. So there's like those types of Christmas movies. There's movies that are definitely Christmas movies like Die Hard, um, and other types of Christmas movies where Santa's in it and stuff. Funny, funny thing about the Titanic for the longest time. I hated that movie. Uh Oh, um, because, I thought it stole the viewing public from Pierce Brosnan's Bond movie that came out around the same time. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, that would have been... That would have been uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, too yeah. bad. Too bad, but... <laughs> uh, Titanic stole a lot of viewing audience uh, from a lot of people. Um, yes. And uh, Tomorrow Never Dies is a fun one. That's probably that the weakest one. one. It is weak, but it, it is fun. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I honestly like I get more out of Die Another Days, like just like batshit banana stuff than <laughs> Tomorrow Never Dies. It's got the Jonathan Price, like kind of Fox right. News thing. Uh, it's fun. It's got Michelle Yao. Fun. She's great. Man. She's great. Yeah. yeah. She takes a shower. I mean, I, I've been a fan of Pierce Brosnan since uh, Remington Steel. I, I, sure. loved, I loved him in that show. Um, not that I saw it when it was on, but I, I watched right. reruns and uh, he was born to play Bonds. But I also feel like he was born to just be a great actor, a great character actor. And I, I mean, I, yeah, thank and, God that he I, got the Matador because that really showed his range. Yeah, I'm, I'm like recently to Brosnan's, you know, his career is kind of like just like right up front and center. Like he's in the Mamma Mia movies. Right. He's popping into stuff like, you know, Percy Jackson, the World's and Percy Jackson. Uh, he was in Black Adam recently. Like, you know, that's, that's right. kind of become his thing where he's like, an elder statesman kind yeah. of thing. They were like, he kind of enters into a movie and kind of gives it a little bit of gravitas. And then he's just charm. like having fun. Yeah. I mean, right. you take 
you take roles in a film like Black Adam because you're looking for money. <laughs> you know, so you right. might as well have a good time with it while you can. But I feel like there's there's he's due for like at least one more great thing, you know? One more great I script. Mean, he is getting to that age where it seems like he's attempting to like there's that one he's got like three movies coming out this year. Is he just throwing darts um, just to see whatever? Yeah, I mean, he can some get? of it's just to make money, so who knows? Right. Um, but I feel uh, like one's he's like still an chasing action movie. There's what is the name of the movie? I'm trying to find the. Uh, it's coming out this year. Uh, if I just pop this in there, it'll tell me. Um, the last rifleman. Oh so yes, yes, yes. That, that's like he's like super aged up like right. he's 70 but like they're letting him look 70 if not like a little bit older yeah. because then he's got another movie coming out called fast charlie where he's like a hitman yeah um there's the outlaws uh which is what? like a meeting the in-laws kind of thing but isn't the rifleman also a one of those classic studio we're gonna do this storyline because that other studio did the storyline with michael kane Sure. It's like one of those things where it's like it is like this classic kind of like, yeah, it, it, where it's like a studio is copying it, but it, it, it reeks of like uninformed, ill-advised, but heart in the right place, like trying <laughs> right. to get Brosnan a like awards buzz and stuff right. where it's just like Bros- people do not want to see Brosnan do stuff like this. No. You know, if he wants to do it and wants to have fun doing it, by all means, God bless him. Yeah. But I'm just like. But also at the same time, like, I don't want to watch Fast Charlie, where he's like an action hero now in his 70s. So right. I don't know what I want him to do. I just know it's not that. And it's definitely not Black Adam. I feel like um, the Matador was a, a pivot moment in his life where he could have really stuck to his guns and said, OK, I don't want to do what I did in the past. I want to go more this route. Mm-hmm. And I feel like somebody, maybe his agent or somebody said you're not going to do this. You're going to keep doing what you've been doing because that's what makes money. Sure. Yeah. And he fell through. Yeah. And you I can, mean, you can actually look at interviews during that time and see, um, there's like a really early one where the movie had, is about to come out and he's super excited about like, you know, people are saying that your, your acting is out of this world. It's, it's out of the box. And he's like, well, it's, it's always been in there and I'm excited to do stuff like this. You know, I, I want, to do more outside of myself. And then the the one right after where the movie already comes out where it's him, Greg Kinnear, and uh, the director, Shepard, um, he just goes back to his persona of like mm-hmm. cool and calm, Pierce Brosnan. He talks calmly. He's not joking around. Mm-hmm. And it's, somebody got to him. And yeah. it's a shame. I mean, because it, I think he's he a bond. Have... So it's like, you know, he's he's set for life. You know, like yeah. they, they pay those movies pay very, very well and you get a lot of residuals on them. And, you know, then he's got like he's left with this career. It's like it's the same with Timothy Dalton. But you Timothy know, Dalton it probably out of anybody mm-hmm. went outside of the box more than any of the other Bonds. Within Bond itself, too. Yeah. And he was yeah. only in two, so it didn't really define his entire career. He pretty much just became a household name and yeah. then could go from there. But he mainly did a lot of stage performances and stuff like that. And, you know, he pops into things very similarly to like, you know, uh, Brosnan is in the world's end. Edgar Wright and Timothy Dalton is the bad guy in, um, hot fuzz. Fuzz. So Wright got two of them. 
Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it is just a thing of like Brosnan trying to figure out exactly where he wants to go. I've yeah. said that I think that before they cast the new Bond, they should do a standalone old man Bond movie and they should just get Brosnan back for it. That'd be incredible. Uh, I think that that's like, Fuck. that's how like would be a great way to kind of separate yeah. what they want to do with Craig, what they did with Craig and what they want to do with the new one and just kind of like, just give it a little. Mm-hmm. And it'll give Brosnan what he always wanted was to do give like him a darker that, bond. Give him like that darker bond because right. it can still be PG-13, but you can get away with more these days yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, cause I think like something like, uh, something like Skyfall or even like, you know, Casino Royale is pretty fucking dark. Like, right. That's something that I think that he wanted to do. And I think he wanted the to do world it just wasn't ready for it. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, which is, I you know, Connery had the opportunity to come back when he was older, right? Mm-hmm. And some would say that he even got a second chance to come back in an unnamed Bond movie called The Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know. Yeah. I know you like this. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's I do the same thing where I'm like Air Force One is a Jack Ryan movie. It's just like his name's not Jack Ryan, but he's the president. He's the president. He's got a daughter and a wife. And that's it. Oh, but well, I, it would be cool if Pierce Brosnan got a, a a last chance to kind of do a solo movie. I think it'd be great. I think everybody would win. Yeah. Everybody involved would win. Martin Campbell is still around too, the director of Goldeneye and uh, Casino Royale. Yeah, bring him on back. I mean, why not? You know, he doesn't really get to do anything anymore after Green Lantern. Uh, well, poor guy. Um, <laughs> I think there's only one person that survived that. I mean, listen, there's... Uh, yeah, there's... Um, that was a lot of people's faults. I don't think that he can be completely blamed. But yeah, we'll see. Um, you got anything else on uh, Matador? Uh, I, I feel no, like I think we, the Matador uh, is chatted very, about it. It's a very simple, wonderful movie. And if, if you get a chance during this holiday season to... Kind of go a little off track. I think the Matador is your film. I think it'll it'll surprise you in more ways than one. Yeah. Again, like I think it's just well written, well acted, well made movie altogether, and yeah. uh, a nice ninety six minutes. Mwah. Yeah. Mamma mia. That's why, like, when it's getting towards the end, I'm like, is this just going to be in their house now? Because like this thing's going to be over in like ten minutes, and it's just it's just a quick last scene. Um. But yeah, Yarko, thank you so much for recommending this and joining me to uh, chat about it. And oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Uh, go to storyscreenpresents.com for more reviews, podcasts. Uh, Overdrinkers is not the only podcast uh, that we have on the Story Screen Presents channel. We've got Cathode Raycast, hosted by Bernadette Gorman-White. Hot Takes, hosted by the slew of the Story Screen family. Freaking Out with Flanagan, hosted by myself and Diana DeMiro, covering Mike Flanagan's filmography. Um, and uh, yeah, loads of reviews. We also got events in the Hudson Valley and the local area. Uh, so if you are around or in the city and want to pop up and say hi, check out those trivias, movie bingos, movie screenings. And uh, other than that, um, this guy's coming out on Christmas Day. So happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Christmas. Mer- Merry Christmas, Yarko. Merry Christmas, Mike. And uh, we will catch you guys next time. Uh, We'll catch you in the new year. 